to the Pro Bono Happy Hour. I'm Rena Gleaser. Welcome. Have you heard about Oprah's new HBO movie? The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks, based on the best-selling book by Rebecca Skloot, has a pro bono connection. You can learn all about it on our blog, The PBI. You can find it at the PBI, P-B-E-Y-E, dot probonoinst, dot org. Today's guest is Kimberly McLean from Seifert Shaw. Kimberly spoke to us from Chicago, where she is based. We discussed her role at the firm, its pro bono program, using social media to promote pro bono, applying Six Sigma and project management to pro bono, and more. We hope you enjoy our conversation. Hi, Kimberly. Welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for inviting me. So we are super excited to speak to a podcast enthusiast. Here's how you've been described. And our crack research team found this, so shout out to them. They are amazing. Thank you, research team. Here's the quote. By day, Kimberly is the pro bono and philanthropy specialist at Cypher Shaw. By every other minute of her commute, dog walking time, or drive in the car, Kimberly is an active podcastaholic. The only thing she enjoys more than listening to podcasts is talking about and analyzing podcasts. I love that. That is so amazing. It makes you our perfect guest. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I can't believe you guys found that description. Yes, I I did a piece um, for a um, local business startup consultancy organization, and they interviewed me on how to put on a great podcast. So uh, that was the description that was given, and it's definitely something I enjoy talking about and partaking in. So that's amazing you guys found that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Although it ups our ante, right? A podcast aficionado and expert makes us, you know, we've, we've got to be on our game, but I think we're up for it. So so let's roll. <laughs> let's jump right in. To start, could, okay. you, could you tell us a little bit about your background? Sure. Um, well, so my early career was all in nonprofit. Social justice has always been a pretty big priority for me. Before SciFars, I was actually working as a paralegal at a nonprofit legal aid agency called the Center for Disability and Elder Law. And um, the executive director there was actually the one who told me about the opening at SciFars and got me in the door for the interview. And I think the pro bono and philanthropy partner, Allegra Nethery, thought it would be interesting to fill the role with someone who had an existing background in the legal aid field. And it's really worked out. I've been able to maintain many of my relationships from my days in legal aid while supporting a thriving pro bono program in the private sector. Um, I've actually stayed very involved with the Center for Disability and Elder Law and uh, just through board service on the Young Professionals Board. And actually, this year, I'm serving as the board president. Oh, congratulations. That's amazing. And, yeah. And thank you for your service. So before we move on, let's let's step back, because you mentioned that you've always been interested in social justice. Mm-hmm. Why? Like, how did that come about? Was it sort of something in your family, your growing up, nature, nurture? What sort of sparked that? 
I think it's just in my nature. I've always been a little bit of an activist all through high school and certainly through college. I've always been sort of engaged in social sciences, and that's always been what has interested me. Um, And so it just was a natural sort of flow into my career. Um, When I started seeking out my first job and that sort of thing, it was just immediately that was the only thing that sparked my interest was going into nonprofit and whether it was working with educational programs or environmental organizations, consumer protection, immigration. I mean, those have all been areas that I've worked in and um, I just generally have it in me to, to do that type of work. Yeah, and it's stuck. So social purpose work yeah. is, a, is a good fit for you. <laughs> so I love your title, pro bono and philanthropy specialist. It's fantastic. Tell us a little bit about your role and how you spend your time. Well, so at SciFar, the pro bono and corporate social responsibility areas, arenas, has been um, combined into one department, essentially. So in addition to facilitating our pro bono program, um, I also help facilitate our community service, charitable giving, sustainability initiatives as well. So to answer your question, um, it's very rare that two days are the same for me. One day I'll be organizing a pro bono legal workshop for asylum seekers. The next I'll be loading heavy books, um, boxes of books of donated children's books um, into the back of someone's car after we've completed like an office-wide book drive for a local library. Or I'll be finalizing the details of hundreds of charitable grant requests one morning, and then later that afternoon, I'll be helping an associate find the right pro bono case. Um, So, so yeah, to answer your question, it's it's a little of everything. I wear a lot of hats here. (laughs) I think for the certain personality type, being sort of a Jill of all trades is what Mm -hmm. makes it appealing, right? The no two days looking alike is a net positive. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) So if you had endless time, what would you like to be doing more of? What's sort of on your wish list or to-do list that never seems to percolate up to the top? I do sometimes miss being truly in the trenches through legal aid work and um, interacting directly with pro bono clients. And so I guess if I had more time, I would probably take on more cases myself and and do what I could to um, you know, support actual clients and, and that sort of thing. But I kind of see that as the beauty of this job. I, you know, I'm still helping the same populations just in a different capacity. But um, I, I do sometimes wish I had more actual face time with, with our clients and that kind of thing. Oh, that really resonates with me since we're not a direct legal services provider. The sort of lack of front line, you know, day to day, hour to hour, sort of I, I play around with that in my head, too. So I really yeah. that's that's great. That speaks to me and, and things that I think about a lot personally. What are the what are your favorite parts of your job? What do you like the most? Well, I mean, everything that I just mentioned in that you know, I, I'm doing so many different things um, that are essentially benefiting the greater good. <laughs> uh, 
Um, but really, it's just the fact that I get to provide this this wonderful outlet for people to give back to our communities, uh, which means that I really only interact with the people who want to do good things in this world and in their communities. And the attorneys and paralegals and, and staff members at CyFirth who seek me out um, are really just interested in helping others in need. And so that's, I think, a wonderful part of this job is just interacting with so many genuinely wonderful people. Yeah, I think sometimes we are so fortunate to work with the best slice of the legal profession. You know, there's so many lawyer jokes and disses on lawyers, and and we get to see the other side, right? (laughs) The noble and the passionate. (laughs) Yeah, so that's really heartening. That's so great. What do you see as your biggest challenges? Uh, Well, our pro bono and philanthropy department is really just made up of two people, myself and Allegra Nethery. We're both based here in Chicago, and we really don't have pro bono and philanthropy staff in other offices. So, um, I mean, we certainly have pro bono champions in other cities who promote the program, but nobody whose job it is to actively facilitate the program on a day-to-day basis. So, you know, as a result, we occasionally have certain offices that fall behind in their, you know, pro bono and community service involvement, but we really try to travel a lot and visit those offices as much as possible just to make sure everyone is aware of, you know, the opportunities that are out there. But the traveling in and of itself, I think, can be a pretty big challenge. (laughs) Yeah, that's a great point, sort of distance and geography and what that means and how you manage and direct a pro bono program when you're not physically there. So until we have, you know, cloning, (laughs) that's going to be hard. Just so people have some sort of um, color, could you sort of tick off offices that you've been to? You know, where, where are you traveling to in a, in a yearly cycle, you and, and or Allegra? Well, Allegra goes everywhere. Um, she generally, I think, touches each office, makes one visit um, each year to, I think, every office. Um, myself, well, I have I have little babies at home, yeah, so lately home. it's been yep. a little more challenging yep. to um, to partake in that. And I've been kind of holding down the fort while Allegra is sort of um, trots around the globe to <laughs> to get to all of our offices. But um, I've personally um, been out to California to visit um, our San Francisco and Sacramento offices, and um, I have plans later in the year to to get up to New York and Boston and um, and really get some face time with some of our you know attorneys and staff in in those regions. Yeah, I think that's helpful just to give people an idea of the firm's reach, you know, and sort of <laughs> what we're talking about, sort of east to west, north to south, really all right. over the place. Yeah. So, I think. Pro bono and philanthropy are really visible reflections of a firm's core values. And I think the firm sort of states this in some language that I think is really heartening. The, 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 and the way the firm states it is that your program follows the, quote, guideposts of compassion, action, 
and impact. That's a theme that you see on your website and your pro bono annual reports and, and other sort of statements that you put out. So I'm curious, what do the, this phraseology of compassion, action, and impact mean to you? Well, so just to give a little context to, to the compassion, action, impact um, tagline, I guess, is it mirrors Seifarth's main tagline, which, which is breadth, depth, and results. Um, which has been around for a very long time, and um, and the, our spinoff was it has also been around for a significantly long time as well. And I feel, I feel like it's sort of ingrained in our minds, and it sort of falls into it. It's a theme in almost everything that we do. Um, to me, compassion is just recognizing a need in our communities, like, for example, a gap in the justice system. Um, Action is confronting it with everything that we have, our time and our resources, and and really confronting it head on. And impact is just seeing the significant difference we've made in the lives of those affected by something like a tangled legal system. Um, but like I said, it's a theme that carries through in everything um, that we do in the pro bono philanthropy department, whether it's volunteering at a local food bank or facilitating a pro bono legal clinic. I love that. It's such great marketing. So <laughs> I, think, I think people are going to take it and use it or adapt it. And uh, it's great, right? It's, it's a perfect elevator speech to, to what you're trying to do. And the fact that it pivots off of sort of the general firm mantra is great because it's seamless. It fits. Yeah. It's not pro bono exactly. out there doing its own thing. It makes your department part of the whole. Very cohesive. I really like that. So perfect segue. You mentioned pro bono clinics. And I was hoping that you could talk a little bit about some of the clinics that you facilitate, you run, you administer. What are the areas that you um, serve? What types of clinics? And tell us a little bit about that aspect of your work. Sure. Um, Well, we facilitate a number of legal clinics each year varying in size and frequency and subject matter. Um, In general, I mean, I'll give an example of one that we just did very recently. Uh, It was just a few months ago we hosted an asylum workshop um, with the National Immigrant Justice Center, which is is a legal aid organization here in Chicago. Um, We partnered with in-house counsel from all states. And um, we started the day with breakfast and, you know, an in-depth asylum training. And then the attorneys broke off into teams and met with asylum clients um, right there, you know, on the spot. We, we served six clients that day. Um, the clinic, this clinic in particular, was very intense for everyone involved. I mean, it was in February, so tensions are high in, yep. in the first place and that kind of thing. Um, people are just wanting to help, that kind of thing. The clients that come in are just generally nervous, you know, like, why am I standing in this big corporate law firm and just kind of a little bit scared, yep. I think. Um, so, you know, there are a lot of moving parts in, in the production like this. 
And it's important to me to make sure everyone has a smooth and pleasant experience, the attorneys and the clients, um, all everyone involved. Um, so it's, it's a challenge. It takes lots of planning and lots of coordinating, um, but we've done it so many times that um, we're, we're up for this kind of challenge, and it's a great way to get a lot of people involved um, on a single day, you know, at the same time. Um, other, we do a lot of immigration-type work. We've done powers of attorney clinics. Um, and after those, after the training, we actually go into senior centers and help low-income seniors with these important documents and and that sort of thing. So um, there are there are wonderful opportunities out there that can be fit into a clinic format, and um, we we really enjoy facilitating those. Have you learned anything? You know, now that you've sort of administered and set up and done all the prep for a number of clinics, different types of clinics. Do you have any sort of tricks of the trade that you sort of learned either through trial and error or <laughs> just your general awesomeness that, you know, wow, this is just, I really need to do this or I really need to think about this and this makes all the difference? Well, I certainly never thought when I took this job that I would be like, an event planner. Sure, that's right. <laughs> and <laughs> that was certainly a new skill that I I really had to develop here at Cypharth. And, you know, you start small and work your way up, but you really realize how important detail is. And um, it takes a lot of work ahead of time, just making sure everything is lined up perfectly. <laughs> and um, I, I have a great respect for, you know, wedding planners and event planners <laughs> and people who do this for a living because it's, it is a lot. Yeah. I but mean, it's very rewarding yeah. in this context. <laughs> oh, the payoff is great. And I'm sure you develop checklists and, you know, sort of protocol <laughs> to help timelines so the details don't fall through the cracks because really the devil is in the details. And right. the food. Food is really important. <laughs> oh, right. Yes. Cookies, cookies everywhere. Just make sure everyone has their snacks. And <laughs> that's generally all you need. <laughs> yep. 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 So switching gears, because I find this aspect of your work incredibly novel and also fascinating. And this is bringing project management expertise to our pro bono work. And whether it's you know, applying Six Sigma principles for organizational pro bono clients and other sort of unique aspects of your work. I was hoping you could share a little bit of this experience. Sure. Just so you know, Allegra does a little more in this area. Um, she's very involved in all of all of this consultancy type work. Um, but Cyforth offers a process improvement consultancy service. We call it Cypharth Lean. And in general, the service delivers solutions to companies to help, you know, increase efficiency, improve communication and collaboration and reduce costs. And um, anyone who has ever worked in nonprofit knows that these are elements that are desperately sorely needed, um, especially nonprofits that utilize, you know, large numbers of volunteers and that sort of thing. 
So Cypherthlean uh, goes in, our Cypherthlean group has taken on more and more pro bono projects within the last few years. And I've been in, involved in, in a few. The first project happened a little bit before my time. It was kind of coming to an end in 2012, and it was for kids in need of defense. Um, and there have been so many projects since then. And the few that I've helped with, it's just an amazing process to witness. You, you see the key staff sort of unravel these very complicated systems and our cypher lean professionals help them reveal a very simplified, straightforward process that eventually saves the valuable time and resources um, of the nonprofit. And it essentially frees them up to, to do more to further their mission. So it's, it's a pretty amazing um, service that Cypherth and the Cypherth Lean Group has done in this area. And Allegra has been really at the forefront of it. Um, and I think that it's, it's a wonderful marriage, I think, of, of pro bono work and these special consultant services that are, you know, not the traditional pro bono. That's so well said. I mean, I love, I remember hearing about the, the work for kind and how kind of mind-blowing it was, right, to take what this Cypherth lean is something the firm is really known for, right? <laughs> I think people will have right. heard of it, and it was it's novel, and it's an important niche in the marketplace, and it's so amazing. And using that kind of in the legal services and access to justice sector to make it all work better, right, <laughs> to, to help right. resource-starved <laughs> nonprofits do our work better so we can provide more justice. It, it's so right. dynamite. And it, and it really, I think, opens people's eyes to the fact that law firms really have deep resources. Their people right. are so talented, um, you know, all around the organization. And if we can um, poke under, you know, the covers <laughs> and get everyone to come out and play, we can provide right. a lot of services and bring a lot Absolutely. of skills to bear. And that just elevates all of this, you know, so we can't yes. leave anything on the table. And I think it's just such a marvelous and formative example of that. So I appreciate your sharing and helping educate Absolutely. people Yep, and open eyes to, to the true sense of our possibilities. Another cool thing you're involved in is cultivating a social media presence for the pro bono and philanthropy department. And a lot of us are still a little behind the times. <laughs> and we're, we're catching up. We're catching up. Producer Dave is nodding at me in particular. But I'm, I'm, I'm catching up. I'm catching up. So I was hoping you could give us a few tips. You know, what, what works well for you? What areas do you concentrate on? Where do you get sort of bang for your buck, so to speak? And, and what would you tell people that are like, huh, we need to up our social game? Where do you start? What do you do? How do you play in this field? Our presence in social media started on Twitter. And I, I think that was maybe back in 2012. And again, this was another thing that I had no idea I would be becoming such an expert in when I <laughs> took on this role at Cypherth. Um, I didn't even have my own personal 
Twitter account, but you know, I am a millennial and I know enough about (laughs) (laughs) Twitter and social media to know, you know, what's appropriate and, and how to sort of navigate that world. And one thing that I would recommend is for people to agree on a hashtag or to agree on a link or something along those lines and to post it as they're actively doing something. I think that that is, is really cool to see something trending on Twitter that especially relates to um, legal aid or community work or that type of thing. It's just kind of getting everyone on board to doing it at the same time so you can actually see at that moment what everyone is doing and together. And it gives that sense of togetherness, even though we're sprawled out across the country or in some cases, even the world. So um, I do think that that's a really cool part of social media that every, everyone in this field should be utilizing as much as possible. Um, Let's see, as far as other tips, I mean, just creating a page and having a wall, um, it, it's such a great way to sort of reflect on all of the good things that you're doing in the community service or the pro bono world. And it's kind of just like a little scrapbook almost <laughs> um, of, you know, things that you've been doing over the years. And I don't think that many organizations or companies have a central point for that Um necessarily that, you know, is external facing and, and that sort of thing. So it it has its own other added benefits that I think, um, you know, are very important for everyone to sort of think about. Those are great tips. And I think a theme that comes to mind, which is actually a theme of a lot of what we're talking about today, is your work building community. And through social, through the dedicated hashtag, through, you know, directing a conversation. It's a lot about building a community in Chicago, across offices, in different areas of social justice. I think it's a really cool construct and a way of looking at it. So a quick follow-up while you were talking about this is, who's your audience? Do you have an audience in mind when you're crafting posts or thinking about tweets or pages? Sometimes... My audience is, um, you know, the legal aid organizations out there. Yep. Um, because sometimes I just want them to know that we're aware of what they're doing, or we are we are working to promote their name and their mission, and anything that you can do to help them sort of get their name out there is really is really appreciated, I think, and beneficial. Um, so sometimes my audience is really just is just the organizations themselves, but it's also just, you know, people who maybe are trying to learn more about SciFars um, in general, and you can kind of see it in our culture if you're if you're perusing Twitter or something along those lines and you see like, wow, this this firm actually cares a lot about um, the communities 
that they're where their offices are located in and 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 that sort of thing or sometimes it's our own people you know our own staff and attorneys and you know Sypharthians that are wondering what are we doing in this space and want to keep a finger on that pulse it's it's a great way to kind of keep them um up to date with with our efforts and in, in these initiatives I love that it's a great way to think about it right are we are we trying to reach an internal audience, an external audience, both, you know, and, and how we right. how we hit it. And there's no like right or wrong answer. And in every, any given message, it's all, both, some. So I think it's right. fun <laughs> to strategically sort of think about that and, and then sure, yeah. cater the messaging accordingly. So we talked a little bit about this, like, huh, I didn't know I was going to be an event planner. And huh, mm-hmm. I, I didn't know, you know, sort of some of these other things. But Looking back to when you started in, was it 2011? 2011? Mm-hmm. Does that yes. sound right? Okay. So, yes. what would you tell the Kimberly of then if you could talk to her? Sort of looking back, you know, you're you're sort of you've got a number of years under your belt, and you you've you've kind of got this down. What do you wish you knew then that you know now about your gig? When I first came into Cyfarth, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I was coming from the nonprofit world, um, and the organization I had been working for was literally four staff people. <laughs> um, so when I came to Cyfarth, wow, it's like it going was, to Mars. Like, very different. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was it was such a culture shock because it. Here in our Chicago office, we have over 600 people working in the same office. You know, it was just, it's, it was just a different world. There are just so many people that work for, um, for the firm. I mean, and, and worldwide, I think that number is in the 2000 range. So it's, it was a little intimidating, I think, when I first came here, realizing like, you know, you could totally get lost in this this massive company um, and just the sheer size was a little bit intimidating at first. But um, I think that when you start to make the effort to get to know the people you're working around on your floor and then exploring out, getting to know everyone um, and really making an effort to call people when possible, just to really connect um, rather than emailing or messaging, um, that sort of thing, it's, it's really beneficial and it makes your day so much more full, I think, to have a relationship with close to as many of those 2000 employees as you can. Um, and so I think, I think I would tell the Kimberly of 2011 to not be intimidated by that and to really just hit the ground running and get, get to know as many people as possible um, right off the bat. Oh, that's great answers. You should never be intimidated. The Kimberly right. of any time. And I really, it's so interesting to me that pro bono, CSR, philanthropy, it's such a people business, right? It's its really about relationships, the relationships you have at the firm, across the firm, with the public interest organizations, with, you know, in-house counsel, the Allstate project you talked about. Um, it's another theme, right, that you, you, you can't just hide in your office. <laughs> You've got to get to right. know people if you're going to do a great yeah. job. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That's a great tip. So, 
tell us some stories. Could you share some examples of some pro bono matters at the firm that you've either been involved in or, or that's happened that you've seen that have been especially meaningful for you for whatever reason? Well, a lot of cases that come into the firm, I think, kind of come from a a place of joy, like it involves a family ready to adopt a child or assisting an individual who is part of like a first time home owner, a home buyer program or something along those lines. Um, but we also see a fair amount of cases that involve, you know, some level of really heart wrenching tragedy and, and that sort of thing. And those cases, I know I don't want to get too dark on you or anything like that, but um, I do think of those cases. Those are the ones that stick with me the most, um, even long after a case has resolved. Um, and I think it's because we're, we sometimes have this great privilege of entering into a stranger's life in a moment of great need and, and sometimes darkness and making things a little bit better. Um, and that is such a significant thing for me. Um, it's, it's really why I do what I do. It's part of that social justice, I think, theme that, um, has been shaping my career. Um, and yeah, those are the ones that, that stand out for me. Thank you. I don't think that's too heavy or a downer. I actually think it's really inspiring <laughs> because you're right. You're getting people at their most vulnerable. The chips are down. There's sadness. There's grief. There's trauma. There's, mm-hmm. you know, all across the spectrum, whatever adjectives we want to do. And, and we have the privilege and the honor of being a voice and right. bringing justice and helping right. and bringing hope. Um, and those are all amazing and powerful opportunities and gifts. So I, I don't think it's a downer. I think it's um, really inspiring and really encouraging. So I think that was a wonderful way to think about it. If you had a magic wand, what one thing would you change about the pro bono program? <laughs> um, hmm. I don't. I don't think that this is just our program. I think that that. Oh, let's ask Many. it in let's ask it in a different way then. If you had a magic wand, what would you change about pro bono in general or access to justice? <laughs> How about that? Oh, well, so many things. Good. Okay. So the first thing is to ask for more wishes, of course. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, well, I guess in the context of just, you know, a pro bono program in a private firm, um Sometimes I do wish we could wave a magic wand and sort of erase the memory of like a nightmare pro bono case. Yeah. Um, you know, because sometimes, you know, there are situations that I'm sure you're familiar with um, and any pro bono coordinator would be familiar with. And it's, it's the, the case that starts as a relatively straightforward project and it just like spirals out of control. And, in some instances, I, I do think that it ruins a person's desire to take on another pro bono case, especially if it's their first experience with pro bono. So <laughs> um, it doesn't happen very often, but in the few cases that I have seen where that has happened, I, I do wish I had that magic wand just so I could just say, no, this was a fluke. Try another. I promise you're going to you're gonna really enjoy 
you know, engaging in this type of work. Yeah, it's like a pro bono tide stick to erase the stain, right? We, we... <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes. That, it's a good way of thinking about it. That's that's an awesome, awesome, uh, awesome point to raise. Thank you. <laughs> what else? Anything else? Oh, um, <laughs> I mean, just closing the justice gap in general. I think that could use a little magic wand. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. As as hard as we all try, and there's so many amazing, wonderful professionals that are dedicated to improving legal services in um, in the United States and everywhere. It's it's a very long uphill battle that I think we're all facing and we make very small but impactful changes um, I think every day but if we had a magic wand I think that we could get to that result a lot faster yeah it does feel like we need magic on that front today so (laughs) well said really well said okay let's end with this who is your pro bono role model and you can tell us more than one and why you know, I would be lying if I didn't say that Allegra is definitely one of my role models. Just she's been an amazing mentor to me and anyone who has ever had the opportunity to meet her knows that she brings a great deal of value to the field in general. And it's it's an honor to to work with her. And and she is absolutely a role model for me. Um in in general, just as a person in this industry who's not a licensed attorney, um, I also have a lot of respect for the legal professionals out there like myself who have managed to make their way through this field and work their way, um, you know, to the top or or just to a significant role. Um, there are so many of us who have shaped our careers in this industry and we have so much to contribute to the field. So just in general, when I do meet a person who has, um, who has that type of background, I just, I do have a great deal of respect and admiration. I love that. Thank you for shining a spotlight on all the amazing legal professionals, right? Whatever their background, who are doing amazing work in this field. It's one of the things I've loved about our program is having people at kind of all levels with all backgrounds talk about what they do. And big fan of Allegra. So please send my regards to her. I I think it's an absolutely (laughs) great choice. So Kimberly, from one podcast lover to another, thank you so much for talking with me today. It's been a blast and I hope you've enjoyed it too. It's been great. Thank you so much. Thank you so much to Kimberly for joining us today. New and archived episodes of the podcast can be found on iTunes and YouTube. Be sure to subscribe if you haven't already. And please take a moment to leave an iTunes review. It's quick and easy to do. We'd appreciate the feedback and it would help make it easier for other listeners to find the show and expand the conversation about pro bono and access to justice. To learn more about PBI, you can find us on the web at probonoinst.org. We'd love to hear from you. Send your comments, feedback, and suggestions to probono at probonoinst.org. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Pro Bono Happy Hour. Thank you.